That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are all striving to be happy today. And I hope that this episode makes you feel happy. This is a difficult episode for me to record because I am, in fact, um, currently eating a delicious humble pie. And um, the the subject of this episode is controversial and it's difficult to talk about. Um, I want to extend an olive branch to LGBT people who find themselves on the left. And I'm going to talk about um, my mistakes. I'm going to talk about times when I have been too harsh. I have been too judgmental. I admit that at times I've been too snarky. I've been too uh, obnoxious on social media. And um, I recently had some experiences that uh, forced me to sit down and eat a little humble pie and really look in the mirror and ask myself what kind of influence I want to be in this movement. So let's talk a little bit. Well, I'll just start by sharing a story of an experience I recently had in Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado. I went there to speak and perform at a Log Cabin Republicans event. The Log Cabin Republicans are LGBT uh, conservatives, large organization across the nation. And um, I was invited to be the speaker and the performer, but I arrived a day early And um, my friend took me to a restaurant, bar and grill in uh, Colorado Springs. So let me just first tell you about that experience. And then I'll follow up with why this experience um, made me sit down and try and take a softer approach to uh, many issues that I usually rant about or yell about and... uh, like I said, this is this is a tricky episode for me because I do stand by all of the principles for which I have stood up for um, over the past two years, but I did have kind of an awakening. So let me just walk you through this experience, and then we'll talk about the ramifications of that evening. So at this bar and grill, um, I, I went with uh, Valdemar Archuleta. He's an Indian American man, actually Native American man. He says... Indian interchangeably with Native American. And he took me to Colorado Springs to hang out with some people who wanted to um, meet me, Lady Maga USA. So so we walk in and let me just describe this evening to you. So in this bar and grill, they have um, pictures of Dolly Parton, of Whitney Houston, of all kinds of icons. Um, It's actually, the bar is actually called Icons in uh, Colorado Springs. So we were in there and they were playing such fun music. They were playing, you know, Celine Dion and that's the way it is. And everybody was singing along and they played Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. And I asked them to play Britney Spears, and I just got up and danced and performed just for fun. I was just me, Ryan. But I, you know, we just, the waitress was a sweetheart. The people in the bar were all incredibly friendly. And it was a a gay bar, an LGBT uh, venue. And um, when we pulled up to this venue, I said, "Uh, Val, They have a Black Lives Matter sign in their window, and I am wearing a Make America Great Again hat, and they also had the the new pride flag that I don't really appreciate because it used to just be a simple rainbow, and of course, the rainbow was meant to represent the rainbow of humanity and be inclusive, but now it's been changed with a black and brown stripe and a different triangle. And it, it no longer has that rainbow purity that essentially should represent everyone. So in the window, they had that flag, which is a new one. And um, I know even my LGBT friends on the left, they don't really like that flag because it's very political. It's very, um, you know, it divides people instead of just saying, hey, you know, we're all humans under the rainbow. And the Black Lives Matter sign was very prominent and very big. And I said, Okay, I guess you know what we're doing. I guess we'll walk into this this bar. So we go in, and um, I'm a very bubbly person. So, you know, I didn't go in with a chip on my shoulder. I was not looking for a fight. 
I was not going to go live on social media and badmouth the fact that this this venue had very political things in the window. I just went in with an open heart and I wanted to have a nice time. So the waitress and I totally bonded. She was a sweetheart. The bartenders were smiling. They were very friendly. There were not a lot of people there when we arrived. And the evening progressed and I, I went into the bathroom and the entire bathroom was covered in large images of Dolly Parton. And I just realized in that moment that the majority of the people here, or actually probably all the people who were there, are not my enemies. They are not evil people. They were people who went out, who wanted to feel safe, who wanted to feel included, who wanted to smile and listen to good music. And um, because they were playing such fun, upbeat, iconic pop music, you know, they weren't playing anything derogatory. They were not playing hip-hop music that had the N-word. The energy was just so positive. And there, and we went outside, and there was a Golden Girls uh, mural, a beautiful Golden Girls mural. You can see the picture of that on my uh, social media on Facebook and Twitter. And we took a picture in front of the Golden Girls mural, and there was another, uh, there was a drag queen there, and she she really looked very nice. I mean, a beautiful wig. And I just said out loud, you look absolutely amazing. You just look so beautiful. And you must work out a lot because, wow, you are just absolutely beautiful. And this person just looked me in the eye and said, thank you, and genuinely appreciated the compliment. Now, this is the very first time I have been in any sort of... um LGBT, you know, bar and grill or whatever in such a long time. I just, I don't go because here in Utah, I was told on social media when it came out as Lady Maga USA that you are excommunicated from the LGBTQ community. You are no longer welcome in any LGBTQ space. And it, it was, it was devastating and it was ugly. But the way that I fired back was sometimes, equally as vitriolic and equally as angry um, to, to, you know, to what they did to me. And it was very hurtful. And so this experience with Val made me realize these people are not my enemy. I truly believe that they would agree with me on 90% of the conservative platform when it comes to understanding what what being a conservative really is all about. And I feel like um, most LGBT people completely ignore a lot of realities because of their hatred for Trump. Now, I'm going to give them a free pass for hating Trump because the media never covered uh, the things that would have made them soften their stance on President Trump. So this episode is directly... Um, directed at my former friends in the LGBT community here in Utah. Um, these are not evil people. These are not bad people. And I'm talking about fellow uh, drag artists who performed immaculate, beautiful performances that were not vulgar, that were just absolutely amazing. I'm talking about Mormon people who identify very strongly with their uh, LGBT community and they cut me off, and it was, it was so ugly. So in the car with uh, Valdemar, he he has the most gentle spirit. Um, you would, I mean, he defeats the stereotype. Why would a Native American brown man, a uh, gay man, be a conservative? Why would he have been a Trump supporter? Why would he be president of the log cabin Republicans? And why would he? you know, align himself so solidly on the right instead of on the left. So his grandmother actually suffered a lot of persecution. She actually was forced to go to those terrible re-education schools that they put Native American children in in the past. So he does come from a background of um, poverty and reservations and, and all of these things. But he has 
he has a wisdom and I can only attribute it to his Native American culture because he's just calm and he's gentle. And you all know me. I'm outspoken. I love to to yell and I tell it like it is and I just get so uh, fired up. But in the car, he just explained to me that we will never we will never build bridges if we hate one another. We will never build bridges with name calling. We will never build bridges if we allow um, hatred among ourselves and we don't see each other's uh, humanity, basically. We don't see each other's vulnerabilities and fears and hopes. And so I, I want to address the people who were formerly some of my best friends I have ever known. I want to address the... Um, the drag queens in Utah with whom I worked. I was in an amazing show. Um, it was called the Viva La Diva show. I did uh, Britney Spears and Rapunzel in the show. It is probably the be- one of the best theatrical shows in uh, the West, honestly. But, you know, the, the um, director was very much anti-Trump and we did not see eye to eye politically. But I learned so much from being around those creative people They were celebrity impersonators, and I learned so much, and I hold a lot of gratitude in my heart, and I don't want our political disagreements to be so ugly and so hateful. I recently did a podcast with uh, Brianna Taylor. She's a a beautiful uh, black woman. She has uh, cerebral palsy, and she's a conservative, and she she said... um, when you take red ants and you take black ants and you put them in a jar quietly and calmly, they get along. They intermingle. They kind of separate a little bit, but they, they, they're peaceful. But if you shake that jar and, you know, stir them up, they end up fighting and killing each other. So she said, the question isn't why are we fighting? It is who is shaking the jar? And I do believe that from up on high in the swamp, uh, Democrats and Republicans alike, we are deliberately pitted against one another. They do not want uh, heartfelt conversations between us. They want us to hate each other. And of course, I'm calling out people who call me a Nazi and call me a racist and, and all of the things that are not true. But we have to ask who has been shaking that jar? And in the um, LGBT movement today, I know that about 90% of people who identify with the LGBTQIA plus identity and community feel silenced because they do not agree with everything that happens um, in the modern political movement. So I want to talk a little bit about um, gay culture and uh, LGBT culture and how it has been taken over by more radical elements. Um, I don't. Th- I I don't think anyone would believe that an eight or nine year old child is capable of giving consent to body alterations or hormone injections. So this is one example where I think we could sit down and have a conversation. To any uh, gay man out there, you are if you're an adult, I want you to ask if you would have wanted your body to be altered if someone told you that because you love pink or because you love Barbie like I did when I was little, if that means you're in the wrong body. So that's that's a conversation we could have calmly and rationally But the people shaking the jar say that if you question hormone therapy for a 10-year-old or, you know, uh, genital surgical alterations for somebody who's 13 or 14, that you are transphobic and you hate and you're going to be responsible for suicides and all of that. But if you sincerely just ask yourself, where do we draw the line with uh, transgender procedures? So here's where I will I will express my opinion, and I'm just asking you to listen sincerely. Um, I have adult transgender friends. I love them. Um, most of them right now are conservatives. Uh, they are Republicans, and uh, they live their lives as the opposite gender. And I have no problem with it. If you're an adult and you are transgender, I will treat you with respect. I will treat you with kindness. 
I will be your friend, but I will not support uh, pushing uh, medical procedures on children who cannot give full informed consent. So I feel like there, there's one example of where the uh, LGBTQIA plus movement has uh, gone too far. And I also would like to ask, you know, especially here in Utah, um, most of us who are living in the state of Utah or who are from here, who grew up gay and came out of the closet, we still have um, a lot of Mormon LDS family members. And most of us, of course, probably have Trump supporting family members. And you just have to ask yourself, do they do they hate you? Do they want you dead? Do they do they not want you to be able to live your life? Of course, in some cases, that is that is reality. But I just want to tell you, um, after I lost my LGBT community in Utah, I kind of felt like, whoa, uh, I'm kind of on my own. So I reached out and began uh, establishing a new a new group of friends. I went to Trump rallies. I attended. Uh, hundreds of political meetings and really got to know the people on the right. And I just want to give you a little hope and a little sunshine in your heart to let you know that right now I spend the majority of my time with um, Mormon people, with conservatives and conservative gay people even. And there is a true spirit of diversity. And when it comes to religions that might not agree with homosexuality, um, the question to ask first and foremost is, in spite of your religious views, do you support my secular American freedoms to be who I am and to do as I wish in my life? And any true conservative, I'm not talking about the evangelical people who tell me I'm going to hell or tell you you're going to hell. I'm talking about a true conservative who believes in separation of church and state and who believes in your right to live your secular freedoms. And I'll tell you that 99% of conservatives alive today only resent um, gay people or adult trans people because um, the, the jar has been shaken. And they feel like they're being persecuted. And if and if we're honest, guys, if we're very honest, um, here in Utah, the LGBTQIA plus um, people are often attacking and insulting the Mormons, assuming that they are all bigoted and that they hate them. And the jar has been shaken and the fight is on. Um, what can we do about that? How can we... Uh, have conversations that help us understand that there is more to the story and that the people shaking the jar are are manipulating us. And I believe that the good-hearted people in that in that restaurant bar in uh, in Colorado Springs were gentle souls. They were creative people. And I, as a conservative um drag artists, Republican, I want to extend an olive branch to have these conversations. I'll tell you another story. I was in um, San Francisco with uh, Scott Pressler. He's a conservative gay man, and he travels the country, and he does cleanups in um, inner cities. And of course, in San Francisco, there are needles on the ground, and it's you know homeless and garbage and everything. So we did, we did a cleanup. To try and make a difference in the community and go beyond rah, 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 you know, uh, Trump, whatever, and just actually do some good. So we were there, but um, uh, we were trailed by a group of people. Um, we know now that it was it was members of Antifa, and they were following us and filming us. And um, at the end of the experience, one of those people, they put on a mask. This was before masks were the norm. And he put on a mask and he uh, ripped off my hat, assaulted me and punched me in the stomach. And so um, I've, I've experienced like the worst of the worst of division. And to tell you the truth, because I was punched in the stomach and I hurt my hand and I was, I was physically attacked, it just increased my anger against these people. But I want to tell you a story of what happened before that attack. Um, we had one group on one side, pretty much yelling at the other side, and another group on the other side yelling. 
And uh, there was one girl who came up really close and she was getting in my face. And um, this was early on in the day. And she she was angry. And I said, sweetheart, listen, I know you feel afraid of us. I know you feel scared. I know you want acceptance. I know you want freedom. So why don't you and I go over here? And by the way, this is not the viral video of the girl with the shaved head. That's a different experience in San Francisco. So this girl, um, she and I stepped aside and we started talking and I just looked at her. She was a beautiful girl. So I just said, you know what? You are so gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Look at your big, beautiful eyes. You're just, you're adorable. So let's just talk you and me, because I think at the end of the day, what we're both looking for is freedom, acceptance, and um, moving forward. I don't think you're an evil person. So we started having a conversation and she was like, wow, I never really expected to meet a gay person like you talking like this and blah, blah, blah. And the conservative side, I said, yeah, that's, that's who we are. And then her friends came up and grabbed her by the arm and pulled her away and shouted expletives and said, don't talk to him. This is where we're at in America right now. And the principle of divide and conquer is the oldest principle in the book. It really is. And if people want to destroy our culture, if they want to destroy our society, the best thing they can do is make sure to shake that jar and pit uh, one group against another. You are all this and you are all this. These are your labels and you you do not leave that narrative. And these are your labels and you do not leave that narrative. So I want to talk a little bit about um, the history of the the gay movement and the LGBT movement. Um, in the past, gay people were killed. They were, uh, you know, arrested in in the United States, and it was very ugly. So the movement did need to happen to gain respect and uh, freedom for gay people. But as time went on. Um, especially, you know, by 2017, 2018, there really was not too much to worry about when it came to um, gays and lesbians. And there are large organizations that have millions of dollars and they pay their they pay their people, even though they're nonprofits, you know, triple digit figures. And they're just very powerful, large organizations and so in order to expand the victim narrative, they keep expanding the letters of the LGBTQIA++, um, I guess you could call it an alphabet, in order to um, attract more people to identify with the movement and to view themselves as victims and view themselves as them versus us. So that has been... Um, that has been what I call the radicalization of the movement. Uh, the same thing happened in um, drag queen culture. To me, drag is a joyful, uh, silly, artistic, theatrical thing that it should be meant to make people laugh and put on some fabulous shows. But around 2017, the shows just became more and more militant. And I know it's because people feel threatened by conservatives. They feel threatened by uh, religious people. But I, I'm going to have to ask you to step outside of your viewpoint for just a moment and really question yourself and ask yourself why um, we attack people like the Mormon church or not we, but the LGBTQIA movement attacks people like the Mormon church and uh, finds such division between um, sides when they never ever mention um, Islam. And right now in Afghanistan, the Taliban, the, the Taliban is torturing and killing gay people right now. And we've seen the videos of um, gay people saying, I'm stuck and they're going to kill me. One guy had his, his partner murdered and, and they're being killed right now. And in the United States, uh, the LGBT people have been told that things are just as bad as they are with the Taliban. And that is just simply a lie. So I guess if you are in Utah or you're a former, you know, friend of mine on a personal level, I would invite you to just, you know, step outside of your comfort zone, come to one of our meetings, 
Uh, you don't have to agree with their politics. You don't have to agree with people at a certain rally or event. But you will discover that we are not your enemy. We want you to have your secular freedoms. The things we're mostly concerned about are this, this, the safety, your safety. For example, we have an open border on the southern border. More um, illegal immigrants are crossing that border at all times. I'm not saying every illegal immigrant is a criminal, but I am saying that uh, without a border, you are less safe because human trafficking in the United States, the number one place for human trafficking, we're talking children and women, is that southern border. So I know you want to feel compassionate and you you don't want to hate these immigrants, but at the same time, we do have to sit down and look at, look at the idea of putting safety first. Another thing I would ask you to sincerely look into and question is um, where in the United States is anti-gay rhetoric really taking hold? Now, I debated the Westboro Baptist Church. Their website says godhatesfags.com. I think it is disgusting. I do support their right to have that website as long as I have the right to tell them that they shouldn't. But um, there's, there's a misconception that mainstream Republican Christian conservatives are the greatest threat to you as an LGBT person. Now, in Minneapolis, in Michigan, there is a growing population of Islamist people who preach against gay rights, who have established Sharia law in certain neighborhoods. And so I just ask that you investigate all areas where there is actual anti-LGBT rhetoric happening in the United States. And in countries like Sweden and London, um, gay freedom is actually under attack and it's not coming from Christians. It is coming from Islamists. And I know uh, we all, well, not me, but I know the Book of Mormon musical is very popular and people love the Book of Mormon musical. And, and uh, in that musical, they definitely defame the Mormon church. They take their most sacred beliefs and mock them and turn them into sexual innuendos. I don't like the musical, but I do support their freedom of speech to have that. But I sincerely ask you, and I'm talking to the drag queen on RuPaul's Drag Race who wore a hijab to show solidarity with Islam. And I'm asking you what would happen if... Um, if people decided to do the Book of Quran musical, a teacher was just beheaded in France because she questioned Islam. Um, hundreds of people have died in radical Islamist attacks in Paris and then um, on Bastille Day in 2015 and 2016. So this challenge is never brought up by anyone in mainstream LGBTQIA plus um, activism. And if you look globally where gay people are truly being killed and tortured and imprisoned and beaten and stoned to death, it is not in the United States. We literally have millions of um, gay brothers and sisters across the globe, not to mention women, who are being persecuted and hurt. So I would challenge people to think about it globally and, and ask yourself if 2021 in the United States of America is not the best time in history and the safest time ever to be gay, to be trans. And if you ask yourself that, you have to say yes. Now, I know as I speak here, a lot of arguments are coming up in people's heads saying no, Transgender people are under attack. No, hate crimes are, you know, killing uh, gay people. They're killing trans women of color and all of this. But I would challenge you to go to um, a website. It's called getoutspoken.com. And this website is run by gay, trans, LGBT people. Um, and they give the information that is often hidden from um, LGBT people in the mainstream media. I also recommend this website to anyone who, who thinks that a gay person cannot be conservative or thinks that LGBT people cannot be patriots and whatever. So both sides, I'd recommend you go to getoutspoken.com and just read through the articles. 
because you will be exposed to information and perspectives that affect um, LGBT people, but that are not ever going to be found in mainstream um, LGBT media. They will not be found at pride centers. And this is, this is critical for us to question our narratives. I would hope that all of us um, in the United States of America support free speech. And when I say free speech, I mean absolute free speech unless it calls for the direct violence against someone. Now, why would I defend horrible people who, you know, have a website like godhatesfags.com? It is because anytime you silence any voice, um, no matter what their opinion is, you risk silencing your own. And we've reached a point where um, I've been banned from uh, a Facebook page for 30 days because I commented in a positive way uh, one of my friends, Suzanne, commented something and I responded, yes, queen, I love you, biatch, B-E-O-T-C-H. And that comment was flagged for harassment and bullying, even though, of course, I did not use the B word and I did not say anything offensive. And if that doesn't scare you, even if you are completely on the left and you, you know, Black Lives Matter and all of that, um, don't you think that's a little scary? Because that's an infer- like, why is a corporation like Facebook getting to decide what is free speech? So the issue of free speech is 100% a bipartisan issue because depending on who's in power, depending on the corporation, anybody's voice can be silenced at any time. So I ask you, I implore you to defend all speech, no matter what, we don't want people shut down. And this is this is where uh, within the LGBTQIA community in uh, Utah that it really hurt and really uh, made things pretty crazy. I almost two year, over two years ago, I had uh, an event planned with gay conservatives. I had some conservative drag artists from San Francisco. We were going to have some performances and have a forum and just talk about the issues. Well, the drag queen community in Utah called the Desert Star Theater and got our event completely shut down. They threatened to protest with 300 people. And um, of course, they have the free speech to do that. But my question is, do they really believe in our free speech? Why wouldn't they be happy that gay people and drag artists are working with the other side as they see it to make people realize that we are not what stereotypes consider us to be. And they shut down our event there. I had an event in Chicago shut down. I had an event in Minneapolis shut down. And if you don't see how dangerous it is to not allow your opposition to speak, then you really are being naive because once they start silencing this group, this group, it sets a precedent and starts infiltrating to the point where you can't even say, yes, queen, I love you, biatch, on Facebook. So we can definitely come together on the issue of free speech. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Black Lives Matter and the movement as it pertains to the um, LGBTQIA plus movement. Um, Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, we want... Um, fair treatment for all. We want equal opportunity for all. These are all obvious values that we all hold in our heart, whether you're conservative or not. I have Black family members. I have dozens of beautiful, wonderful Black friends. And I want them to be as happy and as equal and as successful as I am as a white person. My opposition to Black Lives Matter is not about racism. It is about the doctrine and the philosophies that are hidden behind the very noble value of saying Black Lives Matter. Um, They are trained Marxists, and Marxism leads to death. Um, If you do any research of the Holocaust, or you do any research of the USSR, or the people of Cuba, or, you know, Iran, where freedoms were uh, slowly taken away, they all follow the Marxist doctrine. So, They have open Marxists and communists in that movement who have made it about much more than just um, black lives. 
And you're probably unaware of this, but the director of Black Lives Matter bought a gigantic mansion in a gated community, a gated white community, and is living high on the hog, uh, making making tons of money and living in an elitist circle while allowing black communities to be destroyed in the name of um, Black Lives Matter. And what's so funny is now that the Black Lives Matter frenzy seems to be coming to a close, the mainstream media is no longer pushing that. Right now they're pushing the COVID narratives. But black communities were destroyed. Police were defunded. And the reality is they have left the black community worse off than they uh, than they were before the Black Lives Matter riots. Um, my friend Suzanne lives in Washington, D.C. in a predominantly black neighborhood, and the businesses are still boarded up. Their, their windows were smashed. Their cars were burned. We're talking about black-owned businesses. We're talking about black communities. So if Black Lives Matter really cared about uh, legitimately empowering black people, why would they leave their communities in shambles? Why would they defund the police that leaves young black women vulnerable if they are being attacked? Who can they call? It leaves young black children vulnerable in the inner cities of our nation if they don't have the police to call. And the narrative that the police would show up and not help them is categorically false. And this is where you have to question your narrative and start looking for things that um, really give you a reassuring and actually very um, wonderful perspective on the realities that are not what they are telling you. And the narrative is that white people hate black people, that white people oppress black people, that white police officers kill black people. Um, I reiterate, black lives do matter. But I have to ask this question. If black lives matter, then why are we not drawing attention to the very uh, places where black people are dying Every single day in Lori Lightfoot's Chicago, young black men, intelligent, potentially very successful young black people are being shot right and left. Um, children are being caught in crossfire every weekend in Chicago, every weekend in, well, every week, every day in Baltimore, Detroit, um, Washington, D.C., inner city Chicago, black people are suffering. They are dying. But because these crimes are um, committed by other black people, nobody will talk about it. They say that it's racist to talk about this, but I think it's racist to not talk about this. How could you not talk about that? When a little child is caught in crossfire in gang violence in Chicago, I've seen the pictures of the little kids who've been caught in crossfire. And they're black, amazing, precious little children. And they're dead. But their story doesn't make the news because it doesn't fit the narrative of the people who are shaking the jar, trying to create racial division between us in the United States. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of white privilege and that, you know, white people are the bad guys and we live in a white supremacist society because the LGBTQIA plus movement, as you know, has jumped into areas of politics that really don't have too much to do with LGBT people and pushing the narrative of white supremacy and racial division is is very negative. It's one of the reasons I walked away from the mainstream movement. So once again, if you are a white person and you have wonderful black friends and you always have, my best friend in first grade was Shanika, a black girl one of the most gorgeous people I've ever known. I'm friends with her to this day. If you're a white person and you know that in your heart you want harmony and you want success for all people, why would you constantly attack one group of people based on their skin color? The jar has been shaken and you're buying into a narrative that it's us versus them. And the the primary reason I'm a conservative is because... Um, and, and the reason I was a Trump supporter, and now I know you don't want to hear the name Trump, and I, I understand why you hate him because of the, the mainstream media um, sharing only the things that are negative, and you, and you honestly don't even know the positive, and I'm hoping to tell you about that in a minute. But 
If you want to get along, we cannot villainize one group of people. We know that there are poor white people. (laughs) There are single mothers. There are white people with cancer. There are white people struggling right now, especially during COVID, to keep their business afloat. We all struggle, whether you are white or whether you are black. And if you let them shake that jar and you villainize white people, like in critical race theory that's going to be taught in the schools, everyone gets to be identified as a group, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, but there is no there is no idea that white people are okay too. Uh, white people struggle too. It's, it's all about division and critical race theory and mainstream LGBTQIA plus activism and Black Lives Matter lead to division. They lead to hatred. And I'm not going to claim that on the right, there are not terrible people who love division as well. They are allowing the jar to be shaken. But me as a conservative, I want us to literally hold hands and bond as Americans. I don't want to see my friends as, oh, you're a black person. You're a gay person. You're a trans person. You're a Latino person. I just want to be friends with Ignacio. I just want to be friends with Brianna. I just want to be friends with Joel. I just want to be friends with John. And these are people I'm naming in my head who happen to be black. But we have a unity and a diversity on the right that you guys don't know exists. We recently did a a big event. I was Lady Maga USA in a big dress. And I performed with... um, with LDS ladies and they were, we did like a big cheerleader number to Britney Spears and it was so much fun. And at this event, we just gave awards to um, outspoken people who, from all backgrounds, we gave an, an award to Ignacio, a Latino man, and we gave an award to these conservative people who stand up for what they believe in and who defy the stereotype of um, conservatives. Because as much as the mainstream media wants you to believe that Trump rallies or the Republican meetings are all only, you know, white, angry, evangelical, racist people, it's just false. I've been there and I'm not lying. I go to these events. I just went to a conservative event the other night and they were honoring a black business owner named James Edwards. He is, he is on fire. He is selling, he's a, he's a culinary artist and he hit it big time. And so it was a whole dinner to honor him as an entrepreneur. And the entire room was filled with, um, uh, every race and the, the Blexit movement, which is sort of the black exit of the Democrat party. Uh, they were represented there. Uh, there was even a black, uh, a Muslim man there and he was, he was there and he knows who I am and we get along and it is possible to unite. And if we continue down this path of absolute hatred and obnoxious name calling, and I'm going to give a disclaimer, I'm sure I'm going to fall into that trap. But Valdemar and my conversation with Valdemar made me want to do better. It made me want to do this podcast and reach out. Um, I'm talking to the people who are no longer my friends in Utah. I'm talking about my friends in Boston. I'm talking about drag artists. I want you to know that I celebrate your love. I celebrate your creativity. I celebrate everything that you taught me. And I especially celebrate your free speech. I I don't want to shut you down. I will counteract what I believe is radicalism from my side, but I just, it's kind of been just a little bit of an awakening, you guys. I'm just, I'm just tired of the hatred that we all feel. I'm tired of the anger and you can't hate anyone into change. You can't hate them into listening to your point of view. You really do have to love them. So it was such an honor and a privilege to be with the Log Cabin Republicans in Colorado. And I'm so glad that Valdemar actually took me to that gay bar and grill where I was reminded that these people are not my enemy. They truly just, in my opinion, they just misunderstand what's really happening because they have been misinformed. Now, I'm going to say the, the T word, Trump, and I want you to ask yourself, um, are you anti-Republican? Are you anti-Log Cabin Republicans? Do you hate Lady Maga USA because of Donald Trump? That's not a reason to reject all of the principles that we are fighting for. 
That's one aspect of what we stand for. I do not worship a celebrity. I liked Donald Trump because of his policies. For example, I'm pretty sure you never even heard this one. Donald Trump was the first president in American history to stand up at the United Nations and um, defend LGBT people across the globe, looking into the eyes of leaders from countries where I would be killed, I would be castrated, I would be thrown off a building, or I would be put in prison. He looked them in the eye and said, we as the United States of America condemn the criminalization of homosexuality and the killing and persecution of LGBT people across the globe. He did that, guys. Because if you if you look at his history, he's from New York. I guarantee he's met drag queens. I guarantee he has gay friends uh, out the window. Melania Trump does too. She did a whole video about LGBT people and uh, coming together and the contributions of LGBT people to society. But I know none of you saw that video because CNN will never show it. Mainstream LGBT websites will never show it, but it's there. So that's why I just ask you to go to getoutspoken.com. And these people are not, they don't have millions and millions of dollars. They're just independent journalists who write, um, pieces about LGBT issues that counteract mainstream narratives that are completely false and that expose what's really happening with the uh, taking over of the LGBTQIA plus movement. Um, and I just want to say a few last words about gender and being non-binary or gender fluid and all of this stuff. One, I want you to remember that large organizations like the Human Rights Campaign and GLAAD and businesses um, and lobbyists and the Democrat Party, the more they can convince young people that they are different from everybody else, that they are separate from everybody else, that they are persecuted by everybody else, that they are a victim, the more money and power they gain with that victim narrative. So you have to ask yourself, with these young kids today, you know, suddenly they're queer, suddenly they're non-binary, suddenly they're gender fluid. What they're looking for is love and acceptance. And they're being manipulated into thinking that they are somehow less powerful than anybody else. I'm an example of someone who is a gay man. I grew up Mormon. I came out of the closet as a gay Mormon. And yeah, it was tough. It was it was difficult. But um, nothing was harder than coming out as a conservative drag artist in my life. I've never been so misunderstood and so insulted. So um, I just want to tell people that if you consider yourself a victim and you're looking for persecution, then you will end up with unhappiness. And I have to ask within the LGBTQIA community, why is suicide so high among transgender youth? Why? See, this is the kind of conversation we have to have frankly and honestly. Is it because society hates them? Is it because all the people I hang out with hate them? Absolutely not. So let's question why transgender suicides could be what are so high. Let's say under current legislation that's trying to be pushed in the United States that a nine-year-old boy is allowed to begin hormone therapy with puberty blockers to prevent his biological puberty, which of course doesn't allow his genitalia to grow. And as he enters um, adolescence, hormones are difficult for any child. Hormones are difficult for any young person going through puberty. We all know that. So if he begins hormone therapy at age nine and then ends up age 14 and is already going through his very traumatizing puberty with those extra hormones in his body. Nobody is asking if that does have take an emotional and mental toll on him. And let's say he turns 17 or 18 and he realizes that his genitalia has not fully and naturally developed. And he realizes, you know, maybe this wasn't the best choice. He has been irreversibly changed. And the narrative is that puberty blockers do not have irreversible consequences or irre irreversible um, physical effects, that is absolutely false. 
And any doctor or child psychologist who actually talks about this is shut down as a transphobic bigot who hates trans children. So you do have to look at the medical consequences of these procedures when you're thinking about young children who identify as the opposite gender. And I want to play devil's advocate a little bit using my personal story. So when I was a little kid, from the earliest I can remember, I loved dress up. I was always in my sister's Bonnie Bell chapsticks, like putting on the chapstick. When nobody was home and I was like nine years old, I would put on my sister's prom hoop skirt and just spin around in front of the mirror. I used to always, you know, pretend it was a mermaid. I always identified with what our society says is for girls. Now, today, if I was a lot, if I had been born today to parents who adhere to the LGBTQIA plus narrative, they would say, oh, you must be a girl. You're in the wrong body. And what I would say to them is, how dare you, how dare you reinforce the idea that I'm in the wrong body because I love certain clothing, because I love makeup? Whoever said that these things are only for boys and girls? It's just as it's just as crazy as people, you know, telling me to go to conversion therapy to to not be gay. Why, why are you in the wrong body? Because you like certain activities that our society says are only for uh, the opposite gender. To me, the injustice is our society and the LGBTQIA agenda that says you are in the wrong body if you like these types of things. No, I am in the right body. I love my body. And anyone who tells me that I'm in the wrong body because I'm different from everybody else, because I love Barbie because I identify with the color pink and sparkles, that to me is predatory. That is that is unfair. If you have a little kid, let's say he's six years old and he wants to wear a Cinderella dress, let him wear the Cinderella dress. Let him spin around. Um, let, him, let him explore fabrics, colors. If you have a teenager who wants to experiment with, you know, different clothing or nail polish or whatever, those activities really are essentially harmless. And they don't have to identify themselves as separate from everybody else. They don't have to identify themselves as victims or different. And they most certainly should not be coerced and forced into believing that they are in the wrong body. And the, the, the industry of uh, transgender hormones and transgender procedures is making billions of dollars, billions of dollars. So you have to ask yourself, who is behind this push to tell little boys like I was that you're in the wrong body or telling a little girl who loves soccer and, um, you know, wrestling or whatever, that she's in the wrong body? Who is benefiting? It is the pharmaceutical companies, it's big pharma, and it's corporate America that sees billions of dollars in these hormone procedures. And that is why they are exploding. And if there is high suicide among children who are undergoing these procedures, you have to ask why in an honest way. I have lost countless friendships uh, because of my political activism and because of my views. And uh, it really is because people misunderstand where I'm coming from. And as I said at the beginning of this podcast, sometimes I am too harsh. Sometimes I am too obnoxious. Uh, And I'm going to work on that. I'm not going to be perfect because when you get riled up and you get angry, uh, you tend to just sort of, you know, name call and things like that. So I'm asking you, um, listening to this, and if you are a conservative listening to my podcast, which of course 90 plus percent of you are going to be conservatives, I would ask that you send this podcast to your LGBT family member. And just say, hey, this is a gay drag artist who is a Republican and who, although I don't like the Republican Party at all, but it's like I got to be Republican to be effective. I wish it wasn't a two-party system, to be honest. But anyway, you can just say this is a person who wants, who wanted to do a podcast talking to you heart to heart instead of attacking you and instead of using inflammatory language. Um My degree is actually in journalism. So when it comes to the narratives being um, manipulative, I want you to realize that there are basically like 
two ways to um, get people to pay attention to what you're saying. So the fear narrative sells advertising. So if you see a story about LGBT rights or Black Lives Matter or COVID or whatever it could be, you have to ask yourself, are they trying to make me feel afraid? Are they trying to make me feel angry? Are they trying to make me feel vulnerable so that I will sit through their advertising, so that I will stay tuned for the commercial break? Always ask yourself, whether it's an article or uh, CNN or even Fox News, whatever you're watching, ask if they are trying to make you feel afraid and then step back for a moment and ask yourself if you have been emotionally manipulated because the sensationalism of this story um, sells advertising and gets millions of dollars for these uh, media outlets. You have to ask yourself that. And they did that with the George Floyd situation with Black Lives Matter. Um, the reality is that, as we discussed, young black people across the nation are being killed. But the statistics are not that they are being killed by police officers. The statistics are that they're dying in inner cities in predominantly black areas. And that is heartbreaking. So if the, if, if the news can say the police are bad and make black people afraid of the police, do you see how that pushes advertising dollars? Do you see how that shakes the jar? So please just question um, question what you see if anything makes you feel fearful or angry. Um, and again, if you just go to getoutspoken.com, um, I'm president of the Log Cabin Republicans here in Utah, and I invite anyone who disagrees with us to um, come on the program and, or not, or not come, actually, if you'd like to come on this program and talk to me, please um, send me an email. It's admin at ladymagausa.com. But I just want to conclude and let you know that my best friend uh, since kindergarten, actually, I knew her when I was a toddler. She is married to a black man. She is a Black Lives Matter activist. And I think she's totally crazy. And she thinks I am totally crazy. But we have a bond that will never be broken, ever. I love this woman with all of my heart. And I completely disagree with her politics. But if she and I can stay friends and completely disagree and focus on the joy and the love of our friendship and our bond, then I believe it's possible with more people with whom I thought I would disagree forever and ever. So um, if you appreciated this podcast, whether you're conservative or whether you're LGBT or whatever, please just um, share this podcast. Wherever you're listening, you can share it. Uh, please, um, if you appreciate what I do, you can visit ladymagausa.com and go to donate. And you can donate even like $1 monthly or whatever to help me sustain um, my efforts. But above all, I would love for um, some doors to be reopened here in Utah. And I do have an entire new community of friends and an incredible patriot community that I never knew was there. And they are my best friends. But I do miss, I miss, I miss people that I loved very much. And uh, it's taken me two years of politics and division and heartbreak, you know, and I, I was fired from my airline career after eight years. Um, as a flight attendant because of my politics. So I know I know what it feels like to lose everything and um, gain everything at the same time. And thank you to Valdemar Archuleta for opening my heart a little bit. And thank you to everybody at that Icons Bar and Grill in Colorado Springs for showing me who you are, uh, reminding me that we can all be in this together much more than we are right now please do visit getoutspoken.com. Get uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I think you'll, you'll see that uh, I'm not what the left tries to paint me as. So my prayer for all of us is that we can really question who's shaking the jar and try and get along and be happy today. After all, this is the Happy Today podcast. So God bless each and every one of you who... Um, who listened all the way to the end of this podcast. And my hope and my prayer is that we can all try to do a little better, no matter where you stand politically. So God bless. Thank you. 
and be happy today.